Welcome back to Getting Into Good Trouble, where trouble goes, we follow. My name is Taylor. My name is Audrey. And we will be your hosts today. Today we're going to be talking about the process of making a podcast in writing for the world taught by Krista Fager at Mount Vernon. This class was an ID class, and like many of the steps that ID takes towards the end goal, it had a very specific process and list of tasks. At the beginning of each podcast, we have everyone in the class have one-minute pitches on what they think would be a great idea for us to speak out on. Taylor, what was your favorite topic that you pitched? Out of the three podcasts that I got the chance to pitch, my favorite one was the Amazon protests. It was the last one, so we had a lot of experience making these podcasts already, and we were able to just build off of what we had before. Audrey and I did this one together, so we were really excited with the end result. Now we hear from Ms. Sancher, the head of Writing for the World, who's going to give us some insight about what happens in this class. What were your hopes for the students to take in from this class? Yeah, it's a great question. Writing for the World has evolved over the years. This is the third year I've taught it, and it's been really different each time. My main goal when I started out was I wanted to teach the fundamentals of writing, but a lot of times in a traditional setting, the student writes for the teacher, and it's sort of artificial. It's almost like practice writing. Mm -hmm. The name Writing for the World in the case that you're going to write something that's going to be published. It's outward facing. So when I started, I knew I wanted that, but I didn't exactly know how that would look. So there's this famous writing for the world class that the kids who are juniors now took when they were your age. The mods then were only six weeks long, really short. So we took three weeks for them to decide. I wanted it really to be their own. I wasn't as skilled in giving constraints to the design. So I let them wrestle with the topic for three weeks. They wanted to save the pollinators, which was great, right? Mm -hmm. They decided they wanted to make a documentary so we had three weeks to learn how to make a documentary, learn everything about pollinators. They shot a lot of footage and we have this great commercial but we never wound up with a product and the writing felt really rushed for that. Mm -hmm. Every time I've taught it, um, it has evolved. So I used to also teach this getting into good trouble class about protests Mm -hmm. and I really found that to be rich work that students were super interested in. So I decided to combine getting into good trouble with writing for the world and I tried it out with students where they they chose a topic, they researched it, they rehearsed it, Mm -hmm. they wrote what they wanted, then they did the QFT to formulate their own Mm -hmm. questions, dive into those questions, you know, the whole process that you now do, I Mm kind of worked that out with the classes Mm -hmm. before you, kind of come to this encompassing thing where you learn to question, you learn to research, want you to learn how to speak, how to make a show, how to work with a deadline, Mm -hmm. uh, how to produce the show, how to advertise it so people will listen to it. And so now it's become this bigger thing than it was in the beginning. Now I feel like you have a lot of ownership. You still have the rich writing lessons, but you're doing all this other work in combination. And then your writing is published with the show, and it's not just for me. It goes out Mm -hmm. into the world, and hopefully you find that it has more meaning when you do it that way. Mm -hmm. That's the goal. The mission of Writing for the World is to help students practice researching and developing a podcast to deeply understand a subject. During the early stages of the podcast, we did a lot of discovery work, which started with the QFT to just know what we needed to focus on for the upcoming project. Then we moved on to a no need to know. It helps us get to know the direction we're really going for the podcast and for the project that we're doing. Next, we choose our leads. So we have a product lead, which is fully in charge of the outcome, the end product, our goal for the project. And we also have a process lead, which is more in charge of like making sure everyone's on task and making sure the entire process runs smoothly. 
After we choose our leads, we start our discovery work. One of the leads creates a folder where we fill out an adventure grid and start to research our topic. About two people in the group go on Twitter and other sites and find people relating to the subject for us to interview and find more information. Then the rest of the group researches and watches videos on the topic and watches what the protests are and what's going on with them. This part is really important as a podcast because it's all of the substance that we're going to talk about. Half of our group does a lot of the research, like Audrey said. We split the research a lot of the times up into different sections. So some people will be doing the actual protests, some people will be doing the history behind the protests. I think overall this might be one of the most important parts of the discovery work. This part of the podcast really lets the process lead shine. It helps them practice their skills as a leader and how to keep the group in check. I think one of the biggest struggles for our class this mod was keeping the students in check and trying to stay on task. A good process lead can really change the whole entire way a podcast goes. After we do all the research on the topic, we move on to writing the script. Normally, we choose to just do an outline because when you write a full script, it sounds very robotic, but um, going in blind is never a good idea. Once we have a script, we will go and we will start recording. This normally takes one to three days, depending on how well um, the team works together and just how smoothly you want the podcast to run. The length of the podcast really matters just because a really long podcast can have listeners feeling like it's being dragged on and they just keep being repetitive and don't really know what they're talking about, that they're more just rambling. And a short podcast can have a similar effect in the way that they don't have enough information to create any more. And did they really research this topic? After we finish up all the audio, we send it to one person who does most of the editing. Most of the time, it is the product lead because they have the responsibility for the podcast. This is a chance for the product lead to really just show what they can do and gives them a chance to make the podcast sound professional and make everyone shine in their own way. I think that a good product lead is so important because it'll really put the podcast at a good length and helps everyone sound like they know what they're talking about and puts the audio in a good order. Now I would say it's time for the hardest part of the entire process and that is the case study. The case study is just a wrap-up of all of the information and content that we've gathered over the brief or the sprint. This is also just a chance for us to visually show what we did because the case study includes photos and examples of what we did and what we looked like getting through the podcast. It's a good process example. Normally, we divide up the work by assigning each person a section and a specific part to write about. This is where the product lead edits the case study and then exports all of the media. We are really glad that we get to share our process with you because without it, we wouldn't get a chance to share such impactful protest and information. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast and please check out more at Getting Into Good Trouble.